From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, a bench is helping people in need find someone who can hear them. We thought that this would be perfect for where we are and what we need to do to help our community. And high school esports is gaining in popularity. I guess it's just a good way to have a mental competition. Uh, so I thought it was a really great thing to have here. These stories and more right here on The Outlet. Finding someone to talk to when life gets tough can be hard. Newswatch reporter Andre Norris tells us how a simple bench is helping people in need find someone to listen. When this bench arrived, it was like the symbol that we, this These is stories and more, you know, right here on The Outlet. just an idea. The Friendship Bench, a place where anyone can come to talk to someone trained to listen. It's just a very welcoming symbol to just sit down and let's talk about it. Ruth Dudding, a director at Athens Health Department, says the program is a collaboration with Ohio University to help those struggling with mental health. We thought that this would be perfect for where we are and what we needed to do to help our community. Dudding heard about this program from the other side of the world. In Zimbabwe, very few mental health professionals are available to talk to people and so they started training grandmothers, trusted grandmothers, community members to sit with people. There was only a physical bench located in front of the Athens Health Department, but other benches will soon be delivered to libraries in Chansey and the Plains. Though the benches haven't been delivered just yet, people can still go to the libraries to talk to someone. So many things happen during the day that we don't know what to do with or who to talk to, and that's what I'm here for. And if I can help problem solve, I'll help problem solve. Evelyn Nagy, a trained listener for the Friendship Bench at the Chansey Library, thinks this service is important for the town. This community is not that big, but this community does struggle. There's a lot of folks in need of a lot of different things and um, are really working hard to survive. Nagy says she's not here to fix people's situations, but wants to help guide them to get through it. Hopefully what people can get is to open up to their own awareness and know that even though my situation isn't gonna change, that maybe I can change the way I feel about it and walk through the rest of my day. For The Outlet, I'm Andre Norris. For those interested in taking advantage of this service, you can schedule an appointment on the Athens Health Department website. The benches may soon pop up in other parts of Southeast Ohio, including Ohio University's campus to help students and faculty. Assistant producer Caleb McCluskey sits down with sports director Aiden Crowley and associate sports director Maria Manessi to talk Bobcat basketball. Yeah, Caleb, both teams here of late have hit a little bit of a struggle spot in the season. The girls' team, they are uh, currently, they are 3-16, and 1-7 in the conference. It's their worst loss total since 2013. And when speaking with Bob Bolden, he was honestly somewhat optimistic after that Ball State loss, just in the sense of he understands that it's been frustrating for these girls in the win column. Obviously, when you're not winning games, it's frustrating. But it was one of the first times that they've had their complete roster on the court together as a team. They've had injuries and sickness and some weird things to kind of hit this team, and it's been hard for them to gel together. So he was very happy to see everybody together for once. And he says that no matter what, they just continue to battle. And down the stretch here where – 
Obviously, the games aren't as important as if you were making a title run. Um, he just looks for them to kind of stick together and play competitive basketball. And on the men's side, they've had kind of an up-and-down season so far. Um, they've kind of went on some win streaks, and then they've lost a few. They, they've struggled a little bit, but they've played a lot um, of different players this season as well. I know Jeff Bowles has rotated his starting lineup a lot, and they've seen, seen a lot of different action. Dwight Wilson has um, really, really stood out for them as um, a graduate student, um, and he had a 31 career point night against Western Michigan, and he's just been super impressive and fun to watch this year. But like I said, they're sitting at 11 and 11 right now, and then they're three and six in the conference so far. So yeah, they've they've struggled, struggled. Yeah, and this is a young team. Make no doubts about it, no mistakes about it. Uh, this is a young team, and they've had some growing pains. And uh, we saw that, I think, against Akron, where they dug themselves a big hole early in the game against one of the top teams in the conference, probably one of the top three teams in the conference. You're just not really going to come back from that, especially on the road. Dwight Wilson has been a big bright spot for this team because, like Maria, you mentioned, he is – older on that team and he's a guy that these younger players can kind of look up to and he's doing it the right way right now he is absolutely balling and I know he's a vocal leader in that locker room they're sitting right on that bubble top eight teams make the MAC tournament currently OU is sitting at nine so they're gonna have to pick up a couple wins down the stretch but thankfully for this guy's team I feel like their schedule kind of lightens up towards the end of the season their last remaining kind of big game against the big three being those teams up north in Ohio being Kent State Akron and Toledo they play at Kent State the second to last game of the season so it lightens up for them but they got to take advantage of some wins and they're coming off a disappointing loss against Eastern Michigan 90 to 79 so it'll be interesting to see kind of where this team goes for and if they try and make a push for that eighth seed or even try and move up a little bit even further in the MAC standings and obviously head to Cleveland uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse for that MAC tournament in March. And then what can the two of you tell me about our hockey team that is now having like a huge game coming up? Maria, what can you tell me about that? Yeah, um, hockey is on fire right now. They are a fun, fun team to watch. They have had nine series sweeps this season. Um, most recently last weekend against Illinois. They, Bird Arena is just rocking all the time. It's fun, a fun environment. Right now they are um, number the number four team in the ACHA, and they this weekend will play the number one team, Minot State, which is going to be a tough test for them. But talking to Coach Leonel Marone and freshman Luke Reeve, they're just excited for the matchup. They know it's going to be physical. They're just prepared um, to have it and having it at home as well makes it even better. Coach Marone said that he thinks that it, thinks that it's going to be the best game that they've seen so far and also one of the best games in the ACHA this season, which speaks a lot. I think it'll be a fun one to um, see what they're able to do. Yeah, anytime you get a shot at the team at the top, it's always exciting, and especially for this Bobcat team who really so far this season hasn't really felt like an underdog. They have played dominant hockey pretty much every weekend, and they picked up another weekend uh, sweep excuse me, against the Illinois Fighting Illini. So it will be a big test for them, like Maria mentioned. And I guess when you have Superman on your team, Luke Reeves, who 
head coach Lionel Marone has described as the best player in the conference as just a freshman. You have a lot of confidence in him. He's just been everywhere on the ice for the Bobcats, and I expect him to have a big weekend if the Bobcats want to walk away or skate away victorious uh, this weekend against Minot State. Yeah, this is going to be definitely a big test. They only have a couple series left before playoffs begin. They also, with their win Saturday against Illinois, they are the CSCHL League Champions, which was exciting to hear that announced as well. But just a lot of good things going. As they sit at 23-4-1, that impressive record as well just speaks for itself. There's a growing popularity in esports, especially at the high school level. Ohio high school esports teams will be receiving support from an important organization. Jack Dimmler has more on the exciting news out of the world of esports. After a normal school day, one particular classroom at Jackson High School can be seen filled with multiple monitors and a number of students playing video games like Super Smash Bros. Ultimate against either each other or even online against students from other schools. These students make up the Jackson High School esports team. In 2018, students like John Nodder worked to bring esports to their school. Having esports is just a good way to show, um, I guess it's just a good way to have mental competition. Uh, so I thought it was a really great thing to have here. Five years later, the team has grown to about 50 students across four different leagues. One such student is senior Dylan Euler. When Dylan first joined the team four years ago, he hadn't played any of the games the team plays, like Smite, Overwatch, or even Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And then I just started playing and got, good, got decent enough to join the varsity level. Just two years after joining, Dylan worked his way to becoming a team captain. His favorite part about the team? Allows you to like build a camaraderie with your teammates and like, you know, just tackle different obstacles together and try to improve throughout time. Some of those challenges include competing in tournaments against other schools from Esports Ohio, a nonprofit organization created by teachers who wanted to provide students an opportunity to be part of a team and embrace esports as an educational and developmental for students. Esports Ohio quickly saw 250 schools join their organization and is just one example of the growth in the popularity for the sport. Since 2018, when the National Federation of State High School Association first recognized esports as an official sport, more than 8,600 high schools have started video gaming teams. Esports at the high school level has grown so popular that the Ohio High School Athletic Association announced they would support and promote the annual state tournament. This support has many, including team advisor Eric Siders, hopeful for what this could mean for the sport as a whole. That legitimacy with parents, though, would be uh, a good thing to have so parents know that this isn't just their kids playing video games. Uh, there are constructive skills and uh, there are benefits to playing esports in this competitive way. Sider says while he doesn't know what the support will look like, he's hopeful esports will soon be on the same level as other recognized sports like basketball and volleyball. I'm Jack Demler in Jackson for the outlet. The Esports Ohio State Tournament will be held on May 20th and 21st at the University of Akron.
What's dangerously cold this week? WUB's lead forecaster, Aaron Ashley, has some insight into just how hard brutal temperatures make a forecaster's job. Yeah, Taylor, it is really cold outside. Anyone and their mom will go outside and tell you, do not even think about going out there just because it's so freezing. And you're right, it makes a forecaster's job just a little bit harder to forecast winter weather than it does, say, a nice summer day. Um, Like, for example, all these cold temperatures are because of what is called the polar jet stream dipping down and bringing a ton of Arctic air down into the region. So we have a ton of air from the cold, like Canadian air mass, a ton of polar air just being barreled into the region right now. We also had a good deal of moisture come up and through our region, and that's why we saw snow earlier this week. Um, But the main reason why we're looking at really, really cold temperatures is because of that polar jet stream just continuing to bring and carry all that cold, freezing temperatures down into our area. Hopefully over the next couple of days, though, we're going to see a little bit of a break, but just in time, shortly thereafter, we're going to get hit by all that cold weather. Not looking forward to that myself, Erin. So like when you're making a forecast, what do you have to consider? In forecasting in general, there's a lot of different options that you can consider. With winter weather, however, since it's so, it varies so much and there's so many factors that go into it, some like, and in forecasting in general as well, like it's just hard to predict the weather. You typically rely on what are called forecasting models and you can do so online. And that's a series of formulas that takes conditions, atmospheric conditions, and essentially does a ton of math and a ton of physics and makes all this numerical data more processable. And from there, you can look at these models and say, okay, this is why it's going to be cold tomorrow, or this is why it's going to start warming up over the weekend. Hint, hint. Um, (laughs) But overall, when forecasting conditions like this, you have to consider um, different techniques. You want to rely on forecasting models. Yeah, and so you said it is harder than regular forecasting? Yeah, winter weather forecasting really depends on a lot of different things. Um, is it really just depends on, temp- well, it depends on a lot of things, one. Two, winter weather is super hard to forecast because it really just comes down to precipitation type. Like this past weekend, we had a system come through overnight into Monday and o- overnight into Tuesday as well. We just were barreled this re- with this weekend with a ton of different precip types. I know a ton of people woke up Tuesday morning and they saw a sheet of snow and they were like, oh my gosh, I was not expecting that. And I mean, it's that's because it's super hard to predict. Um, and it really does come down to that precip type. Like snow, you have to have freezing cold air from the top of the atmosphere, or from the base of the cloud all the way down to the surface. So that way snow can remain as snow. Whereas like you'll start seeing sleet and freezing rain if that temperature along the way from the cloud starts to warm up a little bit. Um, And then rain is just warm from the base of the cloud all the way down to the surface. So it's hard to forecast. um, And it's really important that we get our our winter forecasts correct because conditions such as sleet and freezing rain are going to be much more dangerous than, say, just a regular rainstorm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so looking at some of this more dangerously cold weather, how long is this going to last? And what does it look like going out, say, into next week? We are sticking around in the very, very, very bitter temperatures 
today and into tomorrow as well, those overnight lows are going to get into the teens. And that's why that's where we really start using the, the term dangerously cold, because you're going to if you're outside and you're not properly prepared for weather like this, that's when you could start seeing the effects of hypothermia. But um, so the high on Friday is going to be in the low 20s. And then again, those overnight lows might even dip into the single digits. We're looking at a low of 10 right now. But again, we are a little over 24 hours away from that, so it is subject to change. But like I said earlier, that polar jet stream will kind of go back and up into where it belongs, um, back up into the cold, and we're going to warm up a little bit over the weekend. We're looking at a high of 50 degrees on Sunday. Ohio weather for you. Um, It's going to be pretty breezy, though, and it'll stick around for the beginning of the work week. That was WOUB lead forecaster Aaron Ashley. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett, and my assistant producer, Caitlin McCluskey. We're edited by Atish Badia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at woub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at newswatch underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio. 